0: trusting God that He's guiding and directing our preparations, I am. But just without without a doubt, and Kenzie, I just tell you, you inspired me this morning, and I want you to know that I just got my wheels spinning. So thank you for your obedience and the Word and all of those things. And uh, I'm, I'm just I'm encouraged because God is on the move, and He loves us with an everlasting love, and He wants to meet every need, every need that we have, according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And that includes healing, and healing on every front, every front. God wants to supply and provide and meet every need. And so, praise the Lord. Well, with that being said, uh, yeah, thank you, Darren. I see Darren's reminding me that uh, it's time for, uh, uh, to receive offering. And uh, thank you for your generosity. I want to encourage you in the area of generosity. Because of what you do, you make possible for us to love on folks within our community, to love on folks within our family, and to also pay the bills, so to speak. So praise the Lord. You guys are great. We want to encourage you in your faithfulness. Always we encourage biblical uh, stewardship of the resources that God has entrusted to us. That includes bringing the whole tithe into the storehouse because that's what the Word of God instructs us to do. It belongs to the Lord, so we bring it and we give it to the Lord. Then the alms, those alms, those are gifts that we bring in addition to the tithe. And that's with the idea that we want to help meet needs of family members who are going through difficult times. And we have, because of your almsgiving, we have touched many, many families. And what a blessing to be in a position to do that. So thank you. And then the offerings. Offerings are those dollars that we use for the furtherance of the gospel. We spread the good news of the gospel across the globe. We have many, many missionaries. We'll have, a couple, we'll have four missionary families with us on July 14th. I just want you to know in advance, that's College Sunday. Everyone say, woohoo! three, you're going to say, woohoo! One, two, three, woo-hoo! college, you got to get ready to cheer, and uh, I don't know if you're an Oregon Duck, or if you're an Oregon State Beaver, or if you're a Portland State Viking, or if your college team is somewhere out of this uh, state, maybe you're a Wazoo guy, maybe you're a uh, Washington University, Washington Husky, or whatever you are, wherever that is, we just want you to wear your gear on Sunday, July 14th, because we have... Ministries that we support on campus through Kai Ministries—they're going to all be with us on that Sunday. And immediately following that Sunday, we're going to have a barbecue tailgater. Come on, tailgater. There'll be rocks. There'll be burgers. There'll be root beer. There'll be there'll be competitive games. So if you're a duck and you're a bee and you have like. Competition would be there'll be cornhole, there'll be a number of other games, so you can get into some friendly competition. It'll be fun. So I just want to encourage you that. Anyway, all those things being said, the uh, the offerings are the mission So let's pray and ask God's blessing today. Father, we love you. We worship you. God, we thank you that your children, you've instructed us to be stewards. We own nothing; it all belongs to you. But you have given us the ninety and said, Ten belongs to me, ten percent. So we bring the all or we bring the tithes in, we bring the alms, and we bring the offerings. And we ask God that you would bless them, that you would multiply them, and that you would help us, Lord, in the administration of these uh, and the stewardship of these gifts and these offerings, God. And so be glorified, Lord. We love you. We praise you. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Everyone, sing so a Amen. Amen. How about you? By way of just reminder, I mentioned the uh, 14th of July. Next Sunday also is an Afterglow Sunday for us. Can I hear a woohoo? Uh, yeah. yeah. Woo-hoo. All right. Afterglow, we have another barbecue next Sunday, but the barbecue next Sunday is not here. It's at our Damascus campus. It's our afterglow. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give just like a mid-year quick update. It's gonna be probably 10-15 minutes. Somebody hold me to the 10-15 minutes. Kim, can I get a... I got you covered, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be just real quick, but it's just an update. Some things that are happening with our nonprofit profit Landscaping. A number of nonprofit things that we're looking to be doing in the future. We're praying forward with the Promise Center. And what's happening church-wide. What's going to be happening. Uh, some things we think are going to be happening at the Gladstone Campus in the months to come. So pretty excited about that. Anyway, you'll hear more about that next Sunday. Church camp out. Uh, there's still room. At the church camp up. So if you'd like to get a spot, we want you to get a spot. We would encourage you to get a spot. So if you're not a camper, don't no worry. This is not camping. This is landing. Uh, it's like glorified uh, backyard visits. There's warm water. There's showers. There's cable tea. There's eating There's a lot of things. There's even microwaves at most people's places. Anyway, come and be part of that. You can uh, get information with Karen, Gary, and Michelle, John. Somebody back there will help with that you Well, what a blessing as Pastor Tim prayed this morning. We have the Gideons with us, and I am thrilled to say that I've known Elvin Bartholomew with the Gideons for many, many years. This is a man who is like the hound of heaven. And when he can't reach me, he tries and tries and tries and tries and and never stops trying. And eventually, I get back to him, and he is a saint and a saint. And I will tell you, this man, as he's coming up, will you give him a warm hillside welcome? I love this guy because I've coached football at Clackamas High School for many many years. The last six years I've not coached, but my son and I coach. I have 12 years there. My son Matthew has six or seven years there and uh, regularly, I think on an annual basis, I would do a drive-by right when school was getting out and I would see the Gideons and the Elvin leading the team, and they would be standing at the exits of the high school. As students would walk by, they would offer to hand them New Testaments. As cars would drive by, they would be stopping the cars, inviting them to take a New Testament and Psalms and Proverbs, and hundreds of Gospels would be being given out. And these guys are just faithful. So, Elvin, I'm so thrilled that you were with us this morning. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about what the Gideons are about and what they're doing, and I'll come back up in just a
1: few moments. Welcome this morning, brother. God bless Mornings Oregonian where the Gideons International are giving 250,000 scriptures per day in 199 countries 107 languages. Wow. You probably didn't read that this Mornings Oregonian but those facts are true. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, um, last year Congregation gave a love offering, I should say last year, it was January of last year, yeah, last year, uh, $450. This has enabled us to purchase and place 360 New Testaments, somewhere in those 109 countries. Praise the Lord. We believe that we're a missionary outreach of your local church here in those. Uh, God's word will not return void. That's right. Well, we have come out out with now a Bible app for your smartphone. So, if you, uh, like, you were in a foreign country and perhaps you didn't know the language, with your smartphone, you can hear the Bible read to you in 1,450 languages and dialects. Praise the Lord. You know, the kitchens were checking Motel Six on the State Highway down in Salem, and uh, we we do that every six months, make sure that the Bibles are in good condition and not scribbled in or coffee stained. And then every five years we change them all out with brand new Bibles, and then the used Bibles go into ministry, uh, usually in the jails in California. Well, they found out that there were 23 rooms missing a Bible. Of course, they replaced those Bibles with brand new Bibles. And about two weeks later, they received a letter from International Nashville, Tennessee, that read, "I checked into Motel Six with my revolver to commit suicide, and I found the Bible that you placed there. Begin to read it. not only saved my life, but it saved my soul. Here's a check for five dollars for the Bible that I took." <laughs> to the Gideons, either in your love offering, or you'll see uh, our card display as you leave in the uh, aisle over here. And uh, there are uh, four different cards in that card rack. They're all free. Help yourself, as many as you like. And uh, the first card is in memory of someone's passed away. you would like to send greetings, salutations to their family. Um, and the the second card is in recognition. Maybe someone's had a birthday or anniversary or graduation. Just like to acknowledge the good work that they've done and appreciation. And then the, the third card is thinking of you. Perhaps someone you haven't seen here at church for a while. Just like to let them know they love, appreciated and miss. And then there's a fourth card that you can put in any card. A dollar store card, a hallmark card. And it's uh, actually two different cards that you put in another card to give in memory of for, for whatever reason. Again, 100% of the monies that you give to the Gideons actually do, does go to buy Bibles. So the Gideons themselves that paid the overhead of the ministry. Well, praise God. God is good. Pray, because we're going to kill you or the group of Gideons in Rostov, Russia, on a train with boxes of New Testaments headed for a prison distribution. When they got there, they met a man by the name of Arturier, who had received one of these little pocket New Testaments the previous year when the Gideons were there, and as a result had received Jesus as his personal Savior. Well, Arturier was a member of a demonic group, and they had made a promise that if anyone were to ever leave the group, the other members were to kill him. Well, here was Arturier praying and, and reading his little New Testament when the other members of the demonic group walked up and said, pray for the last time because we're going to kill you. Well, Arturier did pray. And when he stood up, he says, you cannot harm me because God has given me his word. And so in anger, they began to strike at him. But it was like God had placed an invisible wall around him, and they couldn't hit him. So in, in frustration, they began to hit each other. <laughs> Arturier slipped out and got the guards and ushered these men back to their cell blocks. The next day, Arturier went to visit them, and then they said to him, You are the only one who has left our group and has lived. Get away from us. God is with you. Oh, God. Oh, God, it's good. There's another story that came to us from the Ukraine. There was a young lady that was ready to spawn and decided that she was going to commit suicide. And so she found a rope, headed for the woods, attached one end of the rope to the branch of a tree, was looking around for a rock to stand on. Well, she picked up this one particular rock and underneath was a little white piece of paper that caught her attention. Put the rock down and picked up a little white piece of paper. It was a page out of the book of the Acts out of the New Testament. Wow. Her eyes focused on the, 14th, the 12th verse of the 4th chapter written, Neither is there salvation in any other name given under heaven whereby you must be saved. And the Holy Spirit convicted her of what she's about to do, so she got better of it. Went home, and found a complete Bible, attended church, gave her heart and light that Jesus goes. I always like to use Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and shall prosper in where unto I sent it. Just think of one verse, on one page, a on one New Testament, under on one rock. <laughs> And one soul saved from a devil's hell, praise God. Well, the Gideons, uh, in addition to in the United States, or as I said, in 199 countries, you know, they were giving like four New Testaments every heartbeat. It was uh, four New Testaments every heartbeat. And so the Gideons were in Columbia, South America, and they were in a jail prison environment and they were told that the Gideon the inmates were smoking the pages. <laughs> Take the pages out for all they can make cigarettes. So the Gideon said, well, are you gonna smoke the pages if I give you this New Testament? He says, yeah. Yeah. Like everybody's doing it. He said, well, will you promise me that you'll read the page before you've spoken? He said, oh, okay. So he burned his way through Matthew. (laughs) Halfway through John, he gave his heart a (laughs) So God's word will not return void. (laughs) There was an earthquake in October of 2005. that there was like 72,000 people that lost their lives in that earthquake. And as typical, uh, church people, various governments, give food, give uh, shelter. Uh, and the Gideon brought in New Testaments. And uh, one of the you know, people of Pakistan was an imam, you know, head kind of the Muslim faith in that community, a little village. And uh, he said to the Gideon, Would you tell me about Jesus? I I, I want to know more about Jesus. And so the Gideon shared the plan of salvation with that Imam. And he received, and his whole family, Jesus as their personal Savior. But as you might imagine, the Muslim village did not like their Imam, their pastor, to become a Christian. And so they said, You cannot have water from our city well. Which in virtuality was a death sentence. And so the Imam, former Imam, had dug a hand well in his home. And he struck water. (laughs) And about two weeks later, the village well dried up. (laughs) And he said, I will not uh, deny water to anybody as long as I can give the plan of salvation, the living water. uh, Pretty soon the whole village were Christians. (laughs) In closing, may I say we covet your prayers. God is uh, uh, God answering prayer. God god answers our prayers, and He has promised to supply every need according to His riches and glory through Christ Jesus. So we covet your prayers. We do look for new members. We have We'll be celebrating next month a uh, Gideon's turning 97, still praying for the ministry. And uh, so we're looking for younger men, of course, or people that are retired, that have been business people or professional men. Uh, we're always anxious to talk to you. There are still 5.1 billion people in the world that have not heard about Jesus. And as you and I, as uh, the Gideons and your congregation, um, support each other, uh, we're hopeful that we could reach those 5.1 uh, billion people. The or- doors of China have opened to us. Uh, we have Indian Bibles published in China. And that Christian businessmen can go into a communist country and support the Christians there. And uh, understand that uh, we've given out five million Bibles in communist China. And uh, there's recorded 17,000 converts in the state churches. There's two kinds of churches. uh, The house churches and the state churches. But we were able to uh, go into the church, uh, the state churches. So uh, pastor, thank you for letting the Gideons be represented again here this year, and uh, again 100% of the monies that you give to the Gideons actually does go to my pray,
0: pray with us, and let's pray for the Gideons, and uh, thanking God. If you just extend a hand forward at this time, that would be Martinus. Father, we thank you for Elvin and his wife and the work of the Gideons. We thank you for Richard and Stella and our own church, Lord Gideons and others that are supporters. Lord, we're asking that as uh, Lord, you supply resource. Scriptures would be purchased and distributed and there would be testimony after testimony after testimony of someone receiving Jesus and being born again. And so God may be your word go forth powerfully and effectively to the converting of souls. We commit these things to you. We ask your blessing in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said a strong amen. 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 Bless you, my God. Thank you so much. At the end of service, Elvin will be standing right out here, and he'll have he'll have an, an open Bible like this. It's an opportunity for you to open your wallets or your purses and turn the page. 100, and pull that one out and put it in the Bible. It's like an offering. You turn page 50, you turn page 20, you turn page one. But it would be great if everyone did something, right? He said last year we did about $450 in a love offering uh, with Leo Magnuson who was here and, uh, you know, standing with the open Bible. Uh, and we distributed a number of Bibles as a result of that as a congregation. I think we can do better than that. I want to invite you to be a part of that. So, I know many times now we don't come prepared to give offerings because most of us don't carry cash around very often. We carry our credit cards. We can just stick those in his Bible and give him your numbers. And- <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can give on our, at our giving kiosk. You can There's an envelope there. I think there's an envelope maybe even in the programs this morning where you can uh, write a check at one and send that in to them, and that will go, you know, and uh, that's or to them be a side in you. so we just want to be blessing. Amen? amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, uh, you're probably wondering how's Pastor Dave going to get a sermon in in five minutes because uh, the worship team's going to come up at 11:10. It's 11:05. Uh, and I have, uh, this morning sermon only has ten points.
1: <laughs> Praise <for> the Lord.
0: <laughs> I just want you to know we've had church already. Can I get an amen? amen. I want to say this too, uh, I told the back, when I first got saved at 19 years old, I was a beach, beach bum down in Southern California playing football and uh, trying to surf, but mostly body surfing and riding my Mori boogie. I lived literally uh, at the coast in Huntington and uh, I got saved and it was radical. And one of the guys that played football with me on our football team, he saw me at church on Sunday morning and that first Sunday morning, uh, they told me that there was church that night at 6 p.m. And so I thought, well, I'm going to church Sunday night. And I went to church Sunday night, and uh, they were both there, uh, John Everton and uh, Gary Parrish. And uh, they met me in the weight room on Monday morning. And they said, what happened to you? And I said, well, I asked Jesus to be my savior. I'm born again. And they said, man, we had you on our unsavable list. <laughs> and Gary Parrish gave me my first Bible. It was a Gideon's pocket New Testament with Proverbs and Psalms. And uh, it was, it was uh, forest green. And I carried that thing everywhere I went. I had it in my back pocket with my personal promise book. Jesus' personal promise book. And I just had those things ready. It was my, it was my dagger. I could pull it out whip it open. It was King James Version, so I had these and thous and all of that in there. But boy, I'll tell you, I, be- I began to study God's Word and began to memorize Scripture. And it tra- to this day, it's transforming my life. And so, so thankful for the Gideons. So thankful for men and young men who saw fit to pray for another guy. To receive Jesus. And so you're praying for someone and you're believing God for someone. And there's a Gideon Bible somewhere that you may be in a position to distribute. We distribute Gideon Bibles at the warming centers every year. This last year we gave out, I believe, 100 to 150 New Testament Proverbs and Psalms uh, at the warming centers. We give out New Testament, uh, we give out the books. You saw the book that uh, uh, Elvin had that they put in the uh, hotels and motels in our community. We give those out at our Wichita outreach on a regular basis. And so, Rhonda and Jack, thank you guys for the ministry of Wichita and our opportunity to connect, and uh, so we are already engaged, I I received a newsletter from our missionary family, uh, Doug and Mike Green, Doug and Mike Green, part of Neighborhood Church, I've known them for 30 plus years, and they're on the mission field right now, they go nine months, then they come home three months, then they go nine months, then they come home three months, they fund their own missions, 100% is funded, they've been doing it for years and years and years and years, he's a retired fireman, and he's, I think there's They're in their late 70s, early 80s, and they are
1: on the field.
0: And Mai goes out literally at 4, 3 a.m., and she gets on her little motor scooter, and she goes up into the bush. She goes up into the jungle, and she has these meetings. And this last month, they're they're in their eighth month right now, they're out of New Testaments, and I think they're connected with the Gideons, and I believe that they get all of that because you guys made the connection over at Portland Christian Center years and years ago with Doug and Mai. And so those Vietnamese Bibles are printed, $5 per Bible, 100% that is given goes to purchasing Bibles. This trip, over 6,800 converts, over 6,800 New Testaments given out with Proverbs and Psalms, and they're connected with a local pastor. They establish churches while they're there. I mean, it's incredible. They're in their late 70s, and she rides a motor scooter at 3 a.m.
1: Gets up there,
0: and they're seeing thousands of people come to Jesus. That's so epic. So praise God, we're going to be a part of this kind of stuff. Amen? Yes. Amen. Now I get to squeeze the sermon in about one minute. <laughs> Pastor Dennis, the worship team, guys, give me just a few minutes. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn your Bible to John chapter 8. John is great. And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read a couple of verses. We're going to begin in verse 48 and we're going to read through 59 so about 11 verses. And then, like a rifle, we're going to focus focus on this ten point sermon, we're going to hit today one point. One point. Can we do that? And then next Sunday we'll hit all ten Again, because this is significant. In fact, I could probably break this sermon into ten sermons. But I won't do that. We'll, we'll come back next week and we'll, we'll cover these points. Because Jesus says, Jesus says at least ten times, I am. He makes an I am statement. I am the bread of life. I am the living water. I am the good shepherd. And he goes on and on. But at the
1: in this chapter,
0: in the last portion of chapter 8, he makes the most profound of profound statements. To us, it may not seem profound to the extreme, but to the Pharisees and the Jews, this was the declaration unequivocally where Jesus claims deity. Deity. I am God. For you and I, that is profoundly powerful. To those that are perishing, they they wanted to stone him. It was death. To us, it is life, liberty, freedom in the Lord. And so, let's read together. Then the Jews answered and said to him, Do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Now, you know the the woman who was caught in, in the very act of adultery, or supposedly caught in the very act of adultery, we don't actually fully know, that was their story. Maybe, maybe not, but at the end of the day... Jesus called them out on the carpet by writing in the dirt. And we don't know what he wrote, but there's lots of suspicions of what could have been being written. But one by one, they dropped their stones from the oldest to the youngest, and they walked away. He stands and he says to the woman, where are those accusers of yours? Is there no one who condemns you? And she says, there are none, Lord. A declaration that was very different. They came to him, good teacher. She says, Lord, I think there was a salvation moment there. I can't can't say that emphatically, but I believe that there was a declaration that Jesus is Lord. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall what? Be saved. saved. If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, Lord, believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead, we shall be saved. I believe it was a salvation moment. Then he stood and said to the people that he was teaching that morning, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will no longer walk in darkness, but they will have the light of life. And then the Pharisees said, oh, sure, you testify of yourself, but your testimony is not valid. And they get into this debate, and they're trying to catch Jesus, if you will. And so he's been saying, hey, my, va- my, my statements of myself are valid because I know where I came from and I know where I'm going. Where I'm going, you cannot go. And they're like, well, he's talking about killing himself, blah, blah, blah. And ultimately, he says that the father testifies on my behalf. And they say, well, who is your dad? And of course, they're making some derogatory statements because his mother, before she was married, or Mary, she was pregnant, right? You know the immaculate conception, right? This is Mary. This is the one that Isaiah the prophet spoke about. And they're saying, they assume that she, that Mary had had sex outside of marriage, and so this is an illegitimate child. He's a bastard. And they're saying, where is your dad? You don't even know who your dad is. Derogatory. And so they're getting pretty harsh with him. He says, he says you dishonor me. He says, but my father honors me. And so this debate continues, and so here we come, and it says the Jews, and they're, now they say, do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and you have a demon? So they're like, you're like a half-breed, and you're demon-possessed. So they've gone to being, you're a bastard child, you have no you have no dad, you, you're, you were born illegitimately, to now you're a Samaritan half-breed, and you have a demon in you. They're just getting more and more harsh. It's like a verbal whiplash on argumentation, and they're just, they're blistering you. Jesus answers and says, I do not have a demon, but I honor my Father, and you dishonor me. And I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. And the Jews said to him, now we know you have a demon. Abraham is dead, and the prophets, and you say, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Are you greater? Than our father Abraham, who is dead, and the prophets are dead, who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet, you have not known him, but I know him. If I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you, but I do know him. Keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then the Jews said to him, You are not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. I am. Ego am I. Ego am I. It says, then they took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out from the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. If you're wondering what Jesus was claiming at that point, you need only to look at the Pharisees to see what their response was. They picked up stones to stone him because it was blasphemy. Jesus was claiming to be God. Exodus 3.14, write that verse down. Exodus 3.14, you can know for certain because it was there that Moses asked God, Whom shall I say sent me? And he said, Say I am that I He says, I am that I am. You tell the people that I am has sent me. I am. Now, that was written in Hebrew and recorded for us in Hebrew. But in about the 3rd century B.C., after... Alexander the Great and the Grecian uh, regime, that Greek, uh, what do I want to even call that? Uh, the, the, the reign of the Greeks. Alexander the Great died. And he sent Ptolemy, one of his generals, over a fourth of the kingdom, and it was Ptolemy that pulled together 70 Hebrew scholars and translated the Hebrew text of the Old Testament, the canon of scripture of the Old Testament, translated it into Koine Greek. It was the Hellenization of the entire world, and so the Hebrew scriptures had not yet been Hellenized, and so they translated it, the Hebrew scholars, into Koine Greek. You and I know it as the Septuagint. And it is the Bible that they had used, or the Old Testament scriptures that they had used since the reign of the Greeks. Even into the Roman era, they were still using Koine Greek, and they were still reading that Koine Greek. And Exodus 3.14, which they had been studying and memorizing as the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Doctors of the Law, they had been studying Koine Greek. Ego, emi. Ego imai, however you pronounce that second word, ego imai, they would have known unequivocally Exodus, Moses' conversation. God declares, This is my name. This is who I am. You tell them that, Ego imai, sent you. So when Jesus said before Abraham, was, Ego am I. He was saying, I am God. I am the God who spoke to Moses. I am the one who spoke to Moses in the burning bush. I am the one who spoke to Moses. And so they picked up stones to stone him. And here's what I want to leave all of us with today. We'll come back to this next week, but this is what I want you to hear and I want you to know Jesus is God. Jesus is God. And what that means for you and for me, He is our friend. He is our Savior. He is our Lord. He is our all in all. He is our all in all. So no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, no matter what hardship, no matter what difficulty, Ego am I. I am that I am. Jesus, the one whom God said he shall supply all of our need according to his glorious riches in him. In who? In Jesus. Who is Jesus? Jesus is God. Ego am I. He is the second person of the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He is the one who loves us with an everlasting love. He is the one who is running after, running after us. Amen. He's chasing us. Yes. And He will supply all of your need. And listen. Yes, that's, that's what I call <clears throat> So folks, here's church in a nutshell. Kim, 10 minutes. I thought I was going to get it under 10. 10 minutes. It's it's what we need. We need Jesus. We need God, and we need more of God. More of Him, less of me. We We need to adopt John the Baptist. I must decrease, He must increase. I must become less, he must become more. It must be less about me and more about him. I must trust less in myself and trust more in him. I must trust less in the things around me and trust more in him. God shall supply because he says he will. This is not wishful thinking. This is the promise of God. And all of the promises of God are in him, yes, and in him, amen. Can I get an amen? Amen. All the promises. tells us when Paul, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says he has blessed us with most spiritual blessings. He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Every spiritual blessing they are, he's blessed us with. Come on! We need no more. We just need Jesus. He says, if you will follow me, Anyone who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will walk in the light of life. John chapter eight, verse twelve. We're in John chapter eight, verse twelve. I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness. Anybody here spent a lifetime walking in darkness? Okay, come on. Yeah, well, i've not over. But hey, no, and there's a measure of darkness. And I don't like to say that, but it's reality. Pinch yourself and look at the person, and pinch the person next to you and look at them and say, wake up, there's darkness in your eyes. And as unfortunate that is, listen, the good news is there's light in your life because Jesus is there. And the Holy Spirit dwells in us. And that light can be an in ever-increasing light. Proverbs tells us the pathway of the righteous does what? Shines brighter and brighter until the fullness of day. That means we're growing. Now you can put your neighbor and say, congratulations, you're growing. <laughs> you should be growing. We should be growing. And we can be. And we can be walking and looking unto Jesus. He is the author and finisher of our faith. He's the one who shall supply all of our needs. Can I get an amen?
1: amen? We've come to the altars already. I'm going to invite you to stand with me. The worship team's going to just come back. We're going to close in benediction with one song. It's 1124 and uh, we went a little longer than we might normally go this morning. But we've
0: had church. We've been to the altars. We've loved on each other. We've let God be done. We've heard from our brothers, the Gideons. We have Challenge brothers with us this morning, and we all so many of us, and whether you came to the altar or didn't come to the altar, hey, the prayer was still for everyone here, and so it's applicable to us. And so, Pastor Dennis, did you know the song that you to call Break every chain. This is it. This is, this is our benediction and he would break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. And so, with that. Pastor Dennis will close us up with a word of prayer. When the song is when he gets his strap off, <laughs> you love the Lord this morning.